if Shane and I were GMs, how would we pick for every team in the first round of the NFL draft? Well, tonight we're going to do a live one-round mock draft that will answer that question for you coming up on the Draft Countdown Podcast. tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosar, joined as always, my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 14 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and 20 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. Uh, we're getting close, and uh, I'm excited for the show tonight, Brian. I don't think we've ever done this in this way, right? Usually when we're mock drafting, putting mock drafts on the site, trying to predict what's going to happen in the NFL Draft, and... Tonight, we, we, we get to put the GM hat on. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, this one's probably going to look uh, significantly different than every other mock draft we're going to do, like the ones we write for the site or, you know, be it, you know, tonight. It's, this is what would we do if we were – because we're obviously going to think a lot different than, say, Federer is going to do for Carolina or whatever. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see – um, if you are uh, new to the channel and uh, watching live tonight because you saw a live mock draft, hit that subscribe button and uh, like the video, share it out as well. And because if you do subscribe to us and you also subscribe to Toys to Titles, you can win some money with a mock draft contest, Shane. We uh, released the full details of it today over at the site. You can go to draftcountdown.com and see that. Uh, at the top right corner, uh, right next to where it says join our Discord, which if you haven't, you should do that as well. Uh, there's a link to join the free mock draft contest. And if you are, if you subscribe, there's a Google sheet there that you can fill out to uh, predict, make your, how you see the first round shaking out. Then you subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, subscribe to the Toilets to Titles YouTube channel, and then join the Toilets to Titles Gilded chat, and then send email off your um, your form there. And you could win up to $500 with this mock draft contest. Uh, for every 10 submissions that we get, $20 goes in the pot, up to 500 chain, free to join. All you got to do is sign up to a couple of things, and you could win some money. Yeah, you, you might as well do it. Uh, I can't win, but I'm, I'm going to enter anyway. So we'll see if I can just beat everyone that enters. That's that's going to be my goal. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think our listeners have listened to it. If you're listening to this, like you listen to enough draft stuff, I bet you can win win the contest and win some money. You might as well do it. 
And let's be honest, it's luck anyway. It's just pure nah, guesswork. It's all skill. It's all skill, Brian. You know? <laughs> pure guesswork. Um, a trade happened this week, Shane, that may affect the, some of the decisions we make tonight. Uh, Detroit traded former number three overall pick, cornerback Jeffrey Okuda, uh, to the Atlanta Falcons uh, in exchange for a fifth-round pick in this year's draft. So, in theory, I guess, uh, corner definitely on the table for Detroit in round one, either at six or 18, and probably off the table for Atlanta. That's kind of my feeling. Uh, I mean, I think Atlanta's looking at some of these corners, but it seems more unlikely. Uh, they still could take one, but you know, Jeff Akuda is not a plugged in starter. But Detroit, you know, they, they signed Cam Sutton as kind of their nickel corner. Um, they definitely need a, a corner one now. So I think it's a strong possibility at number six for them. Right. And uh, a part of me can't expect Atlanta to pick up Okuda's fifth year option just to see if they can get, you know, maybe some added benefit out of that as well. We'll see. I guess they have another month to make that uh, decision. Uh, some other draft news, probably not related to the first round, obviously, but uh, Louisiana wide receiver Michael Jefferson, a uh, high school player here and locally to Mobile. Uh, probably a day three prospect uh, injured in a head-on collision here in Mobile uh, the other day and going to require multiple surgeries. Uh, I mean, hope he hope it all works out for him, not just, you know, maybe get his football career going later, but uh, just to have a normal life at this point, right? If something like that happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it's awful to hear about for anyone, let alone someone that was probably poised to be drafted and th th that's probably taken away. Uh, hopefully he gets a, has a full recovery. Yeah. So, all right, Shane, let's get, uh, let's get down to it, man. And let's, uh, let's start this mock draft and go kind of go over how we're going to do it. Uh, Shane, you're going to pick 17 times. I'm oh, sorry, 16 times. I'm going to pick 15 times. You're going to have odd. I'll have even. We're going to have another live mock draft the Wednesday before the night before the draft where it'll be a predictive mock draft that way. And then we'll flip the we'll flip the order around on that one. I'll go odds. You'll go evens on that one. So we'll kind of balance it out in that way. But tonight, as we said earlier, this is going to be how we would go. What would we do if we were running these teams and – so it's it's like I said, it's going to be different uh, in some cases. In some cases, it may be exactly the same how we how it would be predictively. I got a feeling that that might actually go down here at pick one. So, Shane, let's start it off. You are the Carolina Panthers. You are selecting number one after trading up with the Chicago Bears. Who are you selecting uh, at pick one? It's a quarterback. You know, I, I think when you need a franchise quarterback, you take a franchise quarterback. I think that's the key here. The question is which one? You know, the, the betting market, the buzz is all about Bryce Young now, the quarterback of Alabama, going one to the Carolina Panthers. Um, if I were the GM, I would not pick Bryce Young first. I have him as the third best player in this draft, but I have a quarterback as the second best player in this draft. And so I'm going to pick here in our mock and who I would pick at one. 
if I was the Carolina GM, is C.J. Stroud, the quarterback of Ohio State. I just think the size difference is really the big thing. I feel more comfortable, more confident with Stroud. I think he fits Frank Reich's system so well. Um, I, I think he's a perfect fit for them. We'll see if it happens on draft day. If, if, like I said, if they end up going Bryce Young and it kind of shakes things up, or if Stroud ends up being the pick, like I would do it here. I would pick the exact same player in this spot uh, that you did. I would also go with Stroud. We've talked about this before, but you know, maybe new newer listeners tonight. Um, if Bryce Young was the same size as C.J. Stroud, this isn't a debate, right? This is Bryce Young. I, I, to me, yes. I, th- I think it, I think it would be. That's that's yeah. both height and weight. You know, I think both of those right. play a part in it. Yeah. If if Bryce Young weighed what C.J. Stroud weighed, I think he's the first pick of the draft. Even if, even at five ten, I, I I think it's his frame. He's basically looks like Devontae Smith out there at the quarterback position, where he's liable to take a lot more damage. So. It's uh yeah it's that's the debate here Bryce Young CJ Stroud size is the only difference here and but I also would have taken Stroud. I'm now up with the second pick with the Houston Texans and a lot of buzz here lately that if Bryce Young is that number 1 pick that they would pass on quarterback entirely. That that's the buzz. I can't, it seems so weird to me. Um but in this case, I am the GM of the Texans, and C.J. Stroud has gone number one. I'm going to take the other quarterback here that would go, and I'm going to take Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, here second uh, because I can't look at Davis Mills anymore. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need another Davis Mills starting year, please, for the for the Texans. Um I would do the same thing. I, I think it is what would happen in this circumstance. Houston would take Bryce Young at two. Uh, but the fact that there's some rumors that they have Will Levis rated over C.J. Stroud, and uh, it's just some craziness to me. Uh, but if Bryce Young's sitting there, I don't know how you don't take him moving to that Kyle Shanahan offense. I think he's a perfect fit for that and uh, would do really well. So I think Houston, good O-line. Good, you know, running back to see Damian Pierce. I don't think it's a bad situation. Yeah, no, it's a good situation for for Bryce Young. They, he has the the left tackle in Tunsil, so you know, and the Titus Howard's been okay at right tackle. So, you know, the building blocks are in place. You need to add some more weapons, which I think you can do that with the other pick they have at twelve. We'll see if that how the board falls for that. So. We'll see. Shane, you're now up at pick three with Arizona. And if we were doing trades, you know, I would assume you have sold this pick already. Uh, No, maybe not. Well, I think as the GM of Arizona, uh, I I, I buy into Kyler Murray. I think he's good enough. I think he can work with structure and help around him. Um, But I I also think that there's uh, the best player in the draft is still on the board. And uh, to me, to trade down from three, I, I would need a lot to to give up this player, and, and I'm going to take him here. I think it is what happens on draft day. I think that the odds of the number three pick getting moved, maybe it's 50-50, uh, 
But, um, you know, you, you even said in a tweet this week, Brian, that, hey, maybe teams aren't trying to move up to three for a quarterback. Maybe they're trying to move up here for the player I'm going to select, Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. Uh, I mean, two straight years with double-digit sacks in the SEC, including a 17-and-a-half sack season two years ago. He he's, has an elite first step. He's an elite pass rusher. You're moving to a new defense. I think he's a player that can play a similar role to what we saw uh, in that Jonathan Gannon defense with the Son Reddick last year and uh, absolutely be a monster. I think it's worth taking here and not moving down. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, if, if I'm, this was what was in front of me with Arizona, I am definitely uh, taking uh, Will Anderson here as well. So no, we're in agreement here on picks one through three. Uh, I'm now up with the Indianapolis Colts at pick four, and this is where it's going to get clunky. That's <laughs> where it's got to change here. Because you have to believe quarterback is in play here with everything that is currently in Indianapolis. They've signed Gardner Minshew. That's that's what you call a Band-Aid on a, on a dam, you know, trying to stop a dam from breaking with a Band-Aid. It's not going to work out for the long term. But I don't like Anthony Richardson as an NFL prospect, not in the first round. Uh, I feel the same about Will Levis. So I'm not going to go with either one of those quarterbacks here. So I have to build somewhere. And so at this point, I am going to go with Offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. Wow. to play left tackle here because Bernard Raymond, eh, we can do better than that, right? And we can kick Raymond inside, you know, if need be. I believe might be his better fit in the NFL anyway. Let's draft Paris Johnson here to be the left tackle. And then, you know, when we suck again next year, we'll draft Caleb Williams. <laughs> I feel like I think it's a tough thing to bank on if, uh, you know, so I guess as long as Lovey Smith isn't your coach, you can make sure that you can get that number one pick. Yeah, for, for new listeners to the show, neither of us are, are big fans of Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, or Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. So it will be interesting to see uh, where they go, if they go in this draft. But I, I'm a little surprised, but I, I like the Paris Johnson pick. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he's a little bit lower on my board. I could say, I, you know, I, I think it's a good selection. I also would have considered Broderick Jones here at, at pick four um, as well as the office tackle. But how about that uh, first four picks, Ohio State, Alabama, two each? Uh, who, who, are, who, who are the blue blood programs of college football? Here it is right here. Um, well, I, spoiler alert, at number five, I'm not taking a player from Alabama or Ohio State for the Seattle Seahawks with the pick from the Denver Broncos. I think that trade worked out for the Seahawks, uh, trading away Russell Wilson and getting a productive year out of Geno Smith. Um, the Seahawks don't have many glaring holes. They've spent a lot of money in free agency on the defense. Uh, the offensive line, I think, is pretty solid. They spent a lot of draft capital there last year. Um, yeah, they have kind of a stopgap quarterback. I don't see one worth the number five pick uh, at this point. They drafted a running back. Like, like everything's pretty well in place. Um, I do think the defense needs work. I, I, I consider corner here 
Uh, I think they could add an elite corner. They do have a later pick in this first round where maybe they can address that. So I'm going to take the number four player on my board. I'm going to go best available. And that's Jalen Carter, the, the defensive lineman from Georgia. Now, obviously, in the real draft, the, the off-the-field concerns, the arrest, um, maybe is his poor pro day. Some things might play into where Jalen Carter is going to get selected. But I don't think there's any doubt to me that he's the second best defensive player in this draft on the field. Like, And some people argue the best. I think if you're Seattle, you take him. You plug up some of the, the run defense holes that you've had has been atrocious the past few years. I think you fit that him, Draymond Jones, some of the players they have there now. I think Seattle's be pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, t- based on pure talent, Carter's one of the top five players in this draft class, and Seattle would be a lot better for it adding Carter in the mix at five. And that very well could be, you know, how it shakes out anyway. He has visited with them because they were in the top ten, so that fit his rule. Um, so, yeah, Carter to Seattle, I like it. Uh, Detroit's up next. We talked earlier about could it be corner in play here with the trade of Okuda. I think that is going to be the case. I could go one of two ways here. Uh, I think Devin Witherspoon is going to be in play. The physical speed cornerback uh, out of Illinois, great ball skills. But I think we're going to go with a bigger, longer, more fluid athlete here. And we're going to go with Oregon corner Christian Gonzalez. Tested like a freak. Like I said, got a tremendous wingspan and ball skills and arm length. I, I love uh, Gonzalez here, uh, the speed to Detroit. Gonzalez is my top corner in this draft. He's he's my number six player, so I think it's a great pick by you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how Detroit's going to go with this sixth pick because I think Gonzalez could be the pick. I think Devin Witherspoon, you mentioned out of Illinois, could also be the pick here at six. I'm guessing it's between those two. Maybe, maybe an edge rusher tossed in. Um, but I think Gonzalez would be the best pick they could make. All right, Shane, you're now up with the Las Vegas Raiders here at pick seven. I, I, I don't like this pick. <laughs> like, I, I just don't like the value on the board for the Raiders in terms of what they need, in terms of how I am evaluating these players. Um, you know, because I, I think this would be a spot maybe for Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech they might take. I'm not as big a fan of him to say he's a top seven pick. I, I think he'll go higher than I evaluate him ultimately. Um, you know, they, they also need a corner. Uh, they did sign David Long but and have Nate Hobbs, but I think they could have use a left corner. Uh, I feel like the defense is really what needs a lot of the work, more so than anything. Um, so, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to, to do that, and I'm going to go with my next best defensive player on the board. And once again, this is not a pick I would make in my mock draft. I don't think this player is going to go here. But I actually, Devin Witherspoon's not my next rated corner. Uh, so I'm going to go with my next rated corner. That's Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State. I think he's more physical. Uh, he's an outside corner, which I think is what the Raiders need as well. They have Nate Hobbs in the nickel, where I think Devin Witherspoon is probably the most comfortable playing and really, really good at it. Um, they're one spot away right now on my, my big board. I'm not sure how my final big board will play out. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with Porter. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 pick, but 
I'll take him here. So a little surprise there from Shane here with pick seven. Uh, maybe a lot, not a lot of people uh, think Joey Porter Jr. is going to end up in that top ten. But, you know, I, I think it's very real possibility. His physical tools are, are there. Uh, I don't like his dad. We've, we've discussed this on the show many, many yeah. times. But, you know, I try not to hold the sins of the father against the son. So Joey Porter Jr. picks seven to the Raiders. I like it. Um, so, yeah, Devin Witherspoon slipping a little bit here uh, down the board. Pick eight comes up, and we talked earlier. This was the trade. Okuda goes over to Atlanta. Uh, so he'll pair with A.J. Terrell, who's a really good corner uh for the Falcons. So I think that takes corner off the board here or else Witherspoon could have been in play. I, I feel like we've got to get – they signed Calais Campbell, but that's – he's an older player, you know, in more of a bigger defensive end. we we got to get some pass rush here, right, for the Falcons. I think – and so that would – common sense right now, based off all the mock drafts you see, would be Tyree Wilson here. However, I, like you – Maybe starting to soften a little bit on my Tyree Wilson profile here. Ooh. I want to get some speed. I want to attack. I want to get a draft countdown cover boy here and earn that top four status that we had bestowed upon him before the season. I want to get a defensive end who runs a 4-3 plus in the 40. I want Nolan Smith to stay in the state of Georgia. Yes and come on board with the Falcons at pick eight. Shane, what do you think? Uh, look, Kyle just mentioned in the chat room that he's gathering some info for his draft countdown mock draft challenge. Let me tell you, Kyle, if you're filling that out, put Nolan Smith at eight. My final mock draft, I, I, you know, I'm between Nolan Smith and B. John Robinson at eight for the Falcons, and uh, it's going to be a fight for me of which one I'm going to do. But Nolan Smith's really attractive. I think they like him, uh, and I think, man, I think he's such a perfect fit. I love, I love that pick. Vindication. I like it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next quarter of the first round here. Pick nine and the Chicago Bears sitting here, Shane. They moved back uh, from one all the way to nine, picked up a bounty of picks. What are we going to do here to help Justin Fields? Or are we going to, are we going to help Justin Fields by uh, stopping the other team, which they didn't do very well last year? Yeah, it, it it's tough because uh, I think there's a lot of holes for the Bears. Obviously, it's why they moved down and got all these picks. Offensive line, corner, running back. Like, I'm, I'm tempted. The best player on my board is Bijan Robinson left. Um, I think he could be in play for the Bears. But I think if I was the GM, as much as I like Bijan, I think the Bears' offense just is not – ready for that yet that commitment at a uh, you know a top 10 running back so i'm going to take my best offensive lineman left in this draft and that's peter skaronski the offensive interior offensive lineman from northwestern i still think he could play tackle i i think you got to try it i think there's a chance he played it three years in the big 10 peter skaronski very successful at northwestern against the ohio states and the michigans of the world if i'm the bears i draft him i try him a tackle Maybe he Rashawn Slater's that it's great. If not, let's kick him inside. You know, let's get the best five players on the field. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think they would probably 
take Broderick Jones in the circumstance. Um, they, I think I think they want that length, but I think Skaronski is just so good. It's a slam dunk, easy pick. Two things with this: one, they wouldn't have to pay a lot of moving expenses as they just bring him bring him right across town. Look, we're, look, we got Georgia going, you know, Nolan Smith to Atlanta, Peter Skronsky to Chicago. We're just keeping pe- people. But, but you brought up something there, and, and, and I think it's a subject to talk about, is with a tackle that has the shorter arms or the offensive line that has shorter arms like Skronsky, and we, we, we moved him to interior offensive line on our board. But is with someone with his skill set, is do you think it is something that where you would like show him, that, show us that you can't do it, before you know we make the move inside i i think it would depend on where my situation is um and i think if you're a team like the bears you know they drafted two linemen last year that ended up playing and playing well braxton jones at left tackle and tevin jenkins at right tackle um you know honestly if it was me and i i made this selection I would kick Tevin Jenkins inside and I would have Peter Skronsky play right tackle where the arm length may not matter quite as much, you know, a smidgen less. And I think I'm getting, you know, my best five linemen on the field. And I think that's the most important piece. That, that'd be my thought. Um, I think it's going to depend on team situation, how the tackles look, but uh, I, I hope he Skronsky gets a shot at tackle. I know you were a big fan of Braxton Jones last year. I, even I don't think you uh, thought he would play that well. No, no, I, I think he's a nice developmental tackle. I think he's going to be good. All right, so that brings us to the Philadelphia Eagles here who picking with the New Orleans Saints spot here, and there's not a lot of holes on this team. There's not. As a matter of fact, they're outside of one player who I'm not going to draft here, I don't think that there is a player that they're going to draft that's going to play immediately, like as a starter. I, I just don't think they're – Outside of Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas, who would immediately play, but that's not who I'm going to draft here. Because if I am the GM, Shane, <laughs> you're, you're I must stick to my, I must stick to my uh, to my 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 creed and not draft a running back in the first round. So I know they just re-signed Bradbury and they redid Darius Slay's deal to keep him, but I feel like those are temporary fixes perhaps and so let's get Devin Witherspoon the corner from Illinois here as a number three corner on the roster you know if injury become befells one of the two guys there or maybe he just ends up being better than Slay who's I think they're both over 30 or right at 30 right now so they're on the downside of the bad age anyway Let's get Devin Witherspoon in here on the roster. We've got him for five years. We'll see what happens. I think it's a good pick. I think it's a pick they might make at 10 if he's sitting there. I think it is a good fit. Uh, We saw last year they drafted for next year, right? Jordan Davis, uh, I think, was the big pick where they knew Javon Hargrave wasn't going to stick around and they were going to have to play him in a year, and that was the plan. Uh, N'Kobe Dean, I think same thing. They knew they are going to lose some linebackers. I think Devin Witherspoon would be the same way. Um, you know, he's probably not going to play a ton this year. But next year, he's he's a starter. He's plugged in. I think it's kind of the Howie Russman way, so I could see it. All right, Shane, you're up now. Pick 11 with the Tennessee Titans. 
curious to see where this goes. Uh, you know, I, I'm torn, and I'm torn between two players. I don't think they're going to draft <laughs> for Tennessee. Uh, I don't think either of these players are actually going to go 11, but uh, how, I, how I would go at 11. Um, I think it's offense. You know, I think I think they need offense ultimately. Uh, you know, I, I think Bijan Robinson would be in play if I was the GM here. Like, I think Derrick Henry has been out there on the trading block. It's been the centerpiece of this offense. It's how they've won games. Like, let's replace him with the stud running back. I don't know if I can do it while Henry's still on the roster. Um, you know, Broderick Jones makes a lot of sense. I think they might take him. But uh, I have an offensive player rated higher than him that I think should be a top 10 pick, won't be a top 10 pick. And I think the Titans desperately could use a- another elite weapon. So I'm going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver out of the Ohio State University, play him in the slot. You have Traylon Burks on the outside. Um, Malik Willis looked pretty bad. And and I'm not considering Anthony Richardson or Will Levis at this spot. I think from the Titans, I look at quarterback later. But I think JSN gives them – an option now if you go quarterback in a year um you have some weapons to really work with that are really good i think i think jsn is an elite receiver prospect and if you hadn't hurt that hamstring we'd be talking about him you know going in the top five now that hurt because i was a i was ready to put jsn with bryce oh oh, look look and there's no I love Quentin Johnson, Johnston from TCU. He's wide receiver one for me. I just don't feel like the value is there to make this pick at 12. So I'm going to circle back here. And we talked earlier, could Houston bypass quarterback at two and, and go with a pass rusher, which at that point would have been Will Anderson. Uh, so while he's, Fell down a little bit. I feel like the time is right now for Houston to add that pass rusher since we can't get the wide receiver that we wanted, uh, and we they're gonna they'll go with uh, Tyree Wilson, the uh, edge from uh, Texas Tech here. So you know, once again, I feel like I need to reiterate that this is us being the GMs here because I do think Tyree Wilson will go earlier than this. Yes. I, I think this is probably the like absolute floor though. Um, if Houston goes quarterback at two and uh, but it shows you, you know, we're both lower on Tyree Wilson. So he's going to fall a little bit in this draft and it feels weird to do, but I, I think, I think it's a good pick here. I think it's a better pick here than at, you know, three or four or five. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh Somebody in the was in our Discord chat. I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the name. A few weeks ago, but they said talking uh, about Tyree Wilson. He's an older. I think he's like 23 and with a bad foot. Uh, gonna pass on that in the top five or whatever it was. So, um, so yeah, very, very, very possible there. All right, Shane. Uh, the still Aaron Rodgerless. Uh, New York Jets on the clock here at pick 13. Um, are, are we are we going to add a weapon for our ghost quarterback here? I feel like we got, I feel like we got enough of those after we had to sign uh, every wide receiver that's ever played with Aaron Rodgers as really just Alan Lazard. What is it? So, somebody said, said Aaron Rodgers always 
complained about needed more weapons in Green Bay, yet advocates for bringing all the same weapons he had in Green Bay to the Jets. Make that make sense. Look, he's just got to get get his friends paid and make sure everything happens. Um, yeah, I mean, they signed Equal Hardman as well. I, th- I think they're in good shape weapons-wise. I mean, what they're really going to have to do is protect Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and, uh, you know, outside of, of drafting Bijan Robinson, which they just – they have Brees Hall is coming back from injury, but he's very good. The best player on my board – Right now is Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia. I think it would be a slam dunk selection for the Jets if he's there at 13. I think this could be a pick that happens. He can play left tackle. I think he could play right tackle or you move on from uh, Mekhi Becton and go with that. I think Broderick Jones is an excellent player. Didn't allow a sack. I'm in. Broderick Jones, uh, offensive tackle one for me on my board right now uh, ahead of uh, Paris Johnson, who I actually had going. Yeah, I was going to say that. Why you have to take Paris Johnson at four if if Broderick Jones is higher, Mister GM? Hunch. The GM uh, had a hunch. That <laughs> really good at pick four. All right, so that brings us to the New England Patriots, who I think we can both agree historically the hardest team to mock for, and. It feels wide receiver should be in play here just based off their current depth chart of wide receivers. I was not high on Tyquan Thornton, the player they drafted in the second round last year. They've only tried a wide receiver once in the first round. That was Nikhil Harry. Didn't really work out. Uh, They signed Juju Smith-Schuster. He's not great. Devontae Parker's not great. Kendrick Bourne, not great. Let's get great. Let's draft wide receiver one here on my board and give me the big physical athlete, Quentin Johnston, wide receiver from TCU to New England. Again, they're not going to draft, probably not going to draft a wide receiver, but they should. Look, they they might. They they do really need one. Um, You know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I feel better about you drafting receiver than Belichick, which is saying something. Feeling better about me drafting anybody over anybody is saying something. <laughs> um, all right, Shane, you're now on the board for the Aaron Rodgers less, we think, Green Bay Packers. Um, sure, we've got a couple of uh, fellow draft countdown contributors or fellow and future draft countdown contributors uh, anxiously awaiting who you go with here at pick 15. It. So I, I think this is a spot where I'm, I'm going to take a player that, that gets mocked to them, but is not who I think they'll take. Um, you know, I, I think Green Bay is a team that has a philosophy in terms of drafting. We'll draft the, the pass rusher in some of these premium positions, even before receiver. We've seen that over the past couple of years. It's been a running joke. Um, I, once again, the highest player on my board is B. John Robinson. I, I don't think I would take him if I was the Packers. So I'm going to take Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. I think he's better than where he's going to end up going in the draft. I don't think he'll be a top 15 pick. I think he should be a top 15 pick. And I think it's a nice way to improve their blocking if they have more O-line injuries and get a weapon for Jordan Love. I like doing both those things at the same time. I like it. I like the fit there. You're, uh, Robert Tanyan, uh, did he sign? has he signed with anybody yet? Uh, I think he signed with the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't remember. 
Um, yes, for the I Chicago I would have considered Michael Mayer here with the next pick, which is me now picking for the Washington Commanders at pick 16, uh, as we anxiously await who's going to buy that team from Daniel Snyder. Report out today it will not be Jeff Bezos, the Amazon uh, founder. So, But I would have considered Michael Mayer here. They already have Logan Thomas, but Logan Thomas can't stay healthy. So could have been a place to upgrade there. I think another place to upgrade is the safety position for the – Commanders here, and it's a spot I could also have seen Green Bay go with uh, Brian Branch, that last pick. So that's who I'm going to go with here for Washington. Uh, the Alabama safety slash nickel corner Brian Branch uh, will add some versatility to the Commanders' defense. Do you think there's a chance if he's there that they take him here at 16 in reality? I, I, I really do. I mean, I don't know much about Derek Forrest who's currently their projected starting free safety, nor their projected starting nickel corner, Danny Johnson. Uh, I would be bereft of saying I'm a big follower of commander's football, but as, I mean, Forrest played at Cincinnati, I right? I, I have that correct. I'm, I'm not making that up. So I feel like uh, Brian Branch is an upgrade over either spot there. So I feel like this is definitely a position that could be in play. Uh, your man Bijan could also be in play here. Not ruling that out either. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Brian Robinson played pretty well last year, so he did. I think it's, I think it's possible. Did he play better than Bijan Robinson would? No, gosh, no. Yeah, Bijan, man, he should be gone by now. Uh, yeah, I, I think the commander's pick is going to be a, a linchpin pick for the second half of this draft, uh, being the literal halfway point. I guess that makes sense, but I think Branch, Darnell, right corner tight end let's also not rule out that they they could be a splashy team to make that big trade i mean i know they're saying all the right things about sam howell they signed jacoby Brissett. let's not rule out them making the big splash into the top 10 to get the quarterback either could be, could be and we still have anthony richardson and will love us on the board because we don't like them very much so Nino is going to watch this and just cry. Cry He's going to be mad. Um, Let's move on to your team, Shane, the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 17. How has the board fallen? I I think you would have loved the three cornerbacks that are already gone. The offensive tackles are, for the most part, gone. Or are they? Or are they? Because I really like one guy that's still on the board here, and I think in my final mock draft – it's probably going to be where he ends up. Now he's going to end up in this draft right here. Uh, I'm going to take Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee to the Steelers. Uh, I think a lot of Steelers fans, myself included, if we were the GMs, we would draft a tackle at this spot. If one of the top four guys are there, you take them. Um, I don't know if the Steelers will make this move of drafting Darnell Wright, but I think I think it's uh, in the wheelhouse, depending on how the corners fall. But I would love to – Take Darnell right, plug him in at right tackle, move uh, uh, Okafor over to left tackle, and boom, you upgrade two positions on the offensive line. I love it. Yeah, right is a plug-and-play right tackle for sure. And this is just – this is where the perfect combination of need and value collide right here with the Pittsburgh Steelers pick. That's a home run, I think, for them at 17 if Darnell Wright is still on the board. 
Okay, Shane, the Detroit Lions back up again at pick 18. We went with Christian Gonzalez at corner the first time. And remember, Shane, earlier when I said never draft a running back in the first round? I lied, breaking the rules. Oh, whoa. Bijan Robinson is the best upgrade for this Detroit Lions team, still on the board at pick 18. Um, DeAndre Swift's out the door. They signed David Montgomery. Who cares? Bijan Robinson is the best player to help this team win the NFC North next season. Um, this is a lot better at pick 18, just than it is at pick six, if for no other reason. Because at pick 18, he's like the 15th highest paid running back in the league. At pick six, he's in the top five. So just based purely on money alone, getting him at 18 is a better way to go than earlier. But B. John Robinson, running back Texas, the pick at 18 to Detroit. I wonder if Brad Menendez is happy about that. I'm floored that you drafted him. I thought there was no way. See, I set you up earlier and then come back. I I was ready at 19. I was ready to take him to Tampa. Uh, You know, I was like, I can't let him fall anymore. Um, I don't think the Lions take him. I mean, I think the signing of David Montgomery for three years basically negates that. You have him, you have Swift. I feel like a three-headed monster is going to be rough. But at 18, I think it gets attractive. I I will say this. I've listened to Jeff Risden a lot over the last month, enough to say that he is definitely in play uh, with these first-round picks. Yeah, I just just don't know if you sign Montgomery to that money for a long-term deal and then turn around and he doesn't have a role. (laughs) Like, I think it would be hard to do. But – could, definitely I mean, could you could move on from Swift at that point. You 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 trade Swift for yeah. a conditional twenty four pick or something. Yeah. Maybe get a conditional ham sandwich pick or something. Yeah, I, I still like Swift. Uh, Tampa Bay is on the clock now at pick nineteen, and the mighty have fallen. Yeah, it, it's 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 going to be a tough year for Tampa Bay. I. I as GM, I am um, tempted to take one of the quarterbacks here. We have Anthony Richardson. I think the upside is there, but I'd almost rather just like roll out this, you know, pretty low tier team with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask and hope to stink enough to draft a quarterback next year. I think it's about getting a building block, maybe on that defense. Um, you know, that can help things a little bit, um, especially down the line. In terms of value at this pick, my top players aren't great fits. Um, yeah, so, I, I, you know, I'm going to go corner here. I think that's a big need for the for the Buccaneers. Uh, they have they, – they brought back Jamel Dean. They have Carlton Davis. There's not much behind them, and I don't think those two are going to be – you know, necessarily sticking around too long. Um, so I, I'm going to go with my top rated corner and that's Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland. I think he is super physical, has a lot of upside. There are definitely games where he didn't play all that great. Uh, but I, I, I feel like 19 to 24 range, I can get down. And I think it's better than taking another edge rusher, another defensive lineman for this team. So the cornerback comes off the board here for Tampa Bay. And uh, one more time, who was it? Dante Banks, cornerback out of Maryland. Big speed. 
Big speed, uh, big physicality, pushing guys down the field. Deontay Banks is, is fun to watch. Deontay Banks is going to go a lot higher. Um, but you mentioned to me several times during this process, you have sometimes liked his teammate, Ja'Korian Bennett, more? Well, I think Ja'Korian Bennett played better, more consistently than Deontay Banks did. I think Deontay Banks has the highest highs as like a potential shutdown corner with the size, athleticism, physicality, speed. Uh, I think Ja'Korian Bennett could end up being the better player. I, I'd rather swing for the upside in the first round, but I do like Ja'Korian Bennett as, as a day two pick if I was the GM. There you go. I'm back on the clock with Seattle. We drafted uh, Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman earlier. You had this pick. I'm not 100% sure where to go here because I don't know that the value is there. I'd like to get another pass rusher. Miles Murphy could be in play here. I don't like – Lucas Van Ness, you're not. I a, don't not a like fan. Lucas Van Ness. He's number ten on my edge board. Oh wow! So he's a lot farther down than I have. A part of me wants to to go with an interior offensive lineman here as well. Double and, up, just crush it in this draft. Yeah, Jalen so, Carter, boom. So that's what I'm going to do here. And I don't necessarily know that he'll play center right away as they sound Evan, signed Evan Brown away from Detroit. So let's plug him in at right guard and see what happens. And let's draft Minnesota interior offensive lineman John Michael Schmitz at pick 20. I like it. I think he's in play for them. I think it's a good pick. Interior lineman. Like they're, they're just getting in the trenches. Jalen Carter, John Michael Schmitz to physical monsters in the inside. They hammered, they they hit home runs last year with Charles Cross, uh, off the tackle we both loved in with their first round pick last year, and then hit struck gold with um, the right tackle, Abraham Lucas out of Washington State in the third round. They they killed the draft last year. And if they can have another draft like that again this year, I mean they could set their team up to you know win the NFC West next year or at least contend with San Francisco you know, for the most part, and make a playoff run. So Shane's now up with the Los Angeles Chargers, and this is another one of those picks I think could go a lot of different ways here in reality and tonight. So who do we have uh, going to Los Angeles? I think we all know they need to improve their run defense. I don't see a player on the board that I feel super comfortable drafting here to do it. I guess Brian Bracey is probably my highest rated, um, the defensive lineman out of Clemson. It seems to be falling down boards a bit. Um, I'm going to go with a position that I don't see mock to them as much as I think it should a little bit. But, like, I, I'm all about getting Justin Herbert more weapons. And I think that's an important aspect in this. You're bringing in Kellen Moore. And one thing we saw in Dallas with Kellen Moore's offense is a big center around the tight end position. I, I don't think Gerald Everett is very good. I think the Chargers need a legitimate tight end. So I'm going to take Dalton Kincaid, 
tight end out of Utah here for the Chargers. I think their receivers are decent. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer's look good in the slot. I think they need that tight end to complete this offense. I, I like Kincaid's athleticism and, uh, you know, his own coverage breaking ability would be huge. On paper, I'm with you on their wide receivers. Uh, but as a fantasy owner of Keenan Allen three consecutive years, to say his health is a question and his age or whatever is a bit uh, asking a bit too much. And we and Mike Williams has had health issues or issues staying healthy, I should say, the last couple of seasons as well. So that's my only thing. But I don't necessarily like the wide receivers that are available. I think the best two wide receivers are gone, and I'm not a huge – I don't think Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers are top 30 players on my board. I, I, I like Addison. I like Addison. I might take him here coming up. Um, but after that, I agree. Um, but I do like Kincaid in this offense. I think he's going to be a high – I think he'd be a high-volume target for the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore Ravens picked 22 up here, made a big splash this week by giving a brick truck full of money to a guy who hasn't played a full season since 2019 in receiver Odell Beckham Jr. This made absolutely no sense whatsoever. It was to get Lamar back. They're going to get Lamar back. Okay. Who cares about $15 million when it's just cap space, it don't matter. Uh, Rashad Bateman has – I don't know that he's played a full NFL season combined in his first two. Yeah. And Nelson Aguilar, renowned NFL wide receiver, also on this team. So wide receiver could still be in play here, but mathematically I can't make it work. So we're going to not do that <laughs> at this point in time. Is Lamar going to be back? That's the biggest question here. I, I'm At this point now, I think he's either going to be in Indianapolis or Baltimore. That's the only two things that I think the only two. He, he hinted he's going to be back in Baltimore. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. Games, and so. even if he's not, I think they roll with Tyler Huntley for a year at least. Yeah. So quarterback not in play here. I am – that Calais Campbell is no longer on the roster. So I feel like they're going to need to get some of that three tech, five tech uh, pass rush snaps out of somebody here. And I know there's a lot of questions and I question it too. We're, we've talked about how outliers, we talked about one earlier with Bryce Young uh, and his size would be, is an outlier of the position. My pick here is going to be Kalijah Cansey to Baltimore at pick 22 and his arm length at that position is one percentile at, at the position. So we're talking outliers here and I think that's, but Baltimore, maybe they can, they're okay with that. They might be. I mean, Kansi is an electric pass rusher. So I do like that fit. If there's a team that can make him work, it's Baltimore and that defense. So there you go. All right. Here's been a common quarterback landing spot here in the first round, Shane, is the Minnesota Vikings at pick 23. Uh, maybe they've come to the realization that Kirk Cousins has been stealing money from them for the last several years. So is this a spot where we get QB3 off the board or are we going to go another route? 
We're taking QB3 here because I think this is the one situation where I would take Anthony Richardson as the general manager. I'm going to take Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida here. You have Kevin O'Connell with an offensive structure that I think works. You have Kirk Cousins, who's going to stick around for a year or two, still pretty good. Let Richardson sit, let him improve, let him learn. That's what has to happen. And so when I think when you start to get down to the end of the first round, now you have teams that are pretty good. I mean, Minnesota has some holes for sure. The defense is kind of a mess right now, but that's fine. Let's we'll probably not win the Super Bowl with our roster. Let's draft the next quarterback. We'll worry about the defense with the rest of the draft. Uh, th- this is a spot I would like to see Anthony Richardson go to. Let's say on draft night, Anthony Richardson doesn't go as high as we anticipate he's going to go. At what point, if you're Minnesota, do you start making phone calls? Like, how? where does he have to drop for you to feel comfortable coming up from 23? I, I mean, for me, if I was the GM, I probably wouldn't. Like, he has to be there or not. Especially, you know, I, I guess it really would be the 15, 16, 17 mark, right? Get ahead of Tampa um, is probably what you'd ha- you feel like you'd have to do. But uh, you know, I probably maybe wouldn't even make them. maybe even Seattle at twenty. Uh, he could right. be a play there. So, but um, I don't know if they do it. I think they do recognize the holes on their roster. I, I think the Hendon Hooker mocks them feel ridiculous to me. But you know, Richardson or Levis, I could see it happening. And we've had bigger surprises. Uh, you know, where where it's Malik Willis so it's mocked to second overall in some places last year. So, who knows? Closing out quarter number three of the first round of this live what would we do mock draft is the Jacksonville Jaguars made the playoffs last year won the AFC South I would assume the favorites again next year to win the AFC South as well um I think interior offensive line uh or left guard position in play I I think we both like Ben Barch coming out of D3 school when he came out but you can probably improve there I would consider Osiris Torrance uh, from Florida, the interior offensive lineman here. Maybe Steve Avila from TCU as well could be in play here. But I, uh, I'm i going to add another developmental weapon. And in, in the guys here that maybe it takes a tight end a year to learn a little bit, learn to get acclimated to the NFL. But we can add – we know what he can do, and that's block. So let's give him a year to develop as a receiver while we've got Evan Ingram on the franchise tag as our receiving tight end. Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia, here to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh my You're goodness. shaking your head, Shane. I I I I don't I don't like that fit in this offense. Where you're gonna go from Evan Ingram, the receiver playing tight end, to the offensive tackle playing tight end in Darnell Washington. He's every bit of an athlete as Evan Ingram was, if you look at it in totality. Maybe not straight line speed. Yeah. Maybe maybe not, maybe not agility either. Well, or, yeah. well, we'll see. But he can, but it but the thing it, with Darnell Washington on the field, it's not a dead giveaway of what you're doing. Evan, Evan Ingram's on the field all the time. He's just playing receiver, you know. Yeah, he's not blocking. So right. you have no guys there, no, no guys at all that Evan Ingram is coming down to block. Like I said. This is not a 2023 pick for Jacksonville. <laughs> this is a pick yeah. looking to 24. 
that's that's fair. I'll 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 leave I'll leave you with Darnell Washington there. I I wouldn't touch him in the first round. I right have now. no idea where to go there, to be honest. Yeah. And and it is what it is. All right, let's move on now to the home stretch here. The New York Giants pick twenty five on the clock. Where are you headed here? I I think they need weapons. I know they've signed a lot of weird slot receivers, <laughs> uh, Paris Campbell and. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, Jamison Crowder, and uh, I don't know what these are, but they're not top receivers. So I'm going to draft Jordan Addison, the receiver out of Southern Cow here. I know Addison is small, but he played outside at Pitt. He played outside at USC. Um, he is, you know, 173 pounds, but his route running is so, so good. I think this gives that Brian Dabble offense a wide receiver one that can actually work with. Yeah, I mean, didn't test well as maybe that we thought he would and was not able to do anything at the pro day because if I'm, was the pro day, it was like a storm down there or something. Yeah. Like a, 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 the rare Southern California monsoon would just happen to go on during the UCLA and uh, Southern Cal pro days. And that's how you get a 49940 from old. <laughs> I, still don't, I still don't believe it for Jake Bobo at UCLA. I mean, come on. <sighs> But yeah, all right. So on the clock now, the Dallas Cowboys. And I mentioned this with Jacksonville, and I'm going to circle back to it. I think this is another spot. This could be our third, if you count Skaronsky, this is going to be our third interior offensive lineman to go in round one. I don't know if that's a record or not. It feels high or in modern times anyway, like last 20 years. But uh, let's move Tyler Smith back out to right tackle. As I've never been a Terrence Steele fan, I just don't think he's any good, and didn't, didn't think he was any good coming out. Still, don't believe it. Most moved Tyler Smith last year's first round pick. We'll move him out to right tackle. Plug in Steve Avila uh, from TCU here at left guard and Prosper. Oh, interesting. Okay, uh, I thought I thought you go with Cyrus Torrance here, but you're going with uh, Avila. Do you have him rated higher than Tor- than Cyrus Torrance? They are very close on my board. Uh, they are three and four side by side, very close. I think it's, you know, scheme fit, I think, is more Avila here. If I'm the GM of the Cowboys, I think he's going to be more of a plug and play, and we don't have to do as much as we would possibly with Torrance. No, it's fair. I, I think it's definitely a need for them. I think they'll consider that guard position pretty closely. Buffalo Bills on the clock now for you, Shane. And this is another team that does not have a great many hole on the roster, if any at all. They don't have too many. And ultimately, I think there's some value plays here. And if I'm the GM of the Bills, I don't really love the pass rushers the Bills have drafted the past couple of years. You know, in 2020 and 2021, they just – Got these big pass rushers. I like Greg Rousseau, but I'm not a, a Boogie Basham or an A.J. Epinesa fan. Vaughn Miller's ending his career here pretty soon. So I, I'm going to draft an athletic pass rusher, and I'm going to take Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson. Uh, I think Miles Murphy, you know, he, he's kind of fallen a bit. He was thought, man, maybe this guy's a top five, top ten pick. 
Um, he's super athletic, but just didn't have the pass rushing chops at Clemson. I think a place like the Bills, it helps keep that defense going. Yeah, talent-wise, athleticism-wise, Murphy is in play. I'm not sure why he's fallen down a lot of boards. He's number three. He's number four on my edge rusher board here currently. So, eh, we'll see what happens. Uh, another guy who's been mocked here late in this first-round area, Dallas is another one that uh, I've seen mocked, Will McDonald from Iowa State. Uh, is, is he a guy you like? Like late in the first round for one of these teams, I do. He's getting a lot of looks. Like I have him further down my edge board, but I could see a team drafting Will McDonald. He's he's just undersized at, at two hundred thirty nine pounds. Uh, you need the right scheme fit. But like him and Keon White both, I think could sneak into the draft the first round here. There you go. That brings up the Cincinnati Bengals, pick twenty eight. And I think a lot of people would consider tight end here, but the tight end uh, value kind of got picked clean before they came on the board. A couple offensive tackles I think they'll consider at this spot. I think they would love Darnell Wright if he fell to 28, but I think that ship has sailed (laughs) both tonight and in reality. Uh, I think – as far as right tackles goes, which is where this position will be, I think Dewan Jones is the best pure right tackle left. I don't know that his value is there in the, this this area right now. I'm not going to make the pick here, but I, I just want to ask you the question. Do you think Anton Harrison can play right tackle uh, like immediately? I think he could. I think he could, yeah. I think I think you could make that move of him to right tackle and feel good about it. You know, it's, it's always an adjustment moving sides, but he has the skill set, for that's for sure. Well, the Bengals are another team where maybe they're not – there's not a great too many spots that are going to hit the field immediately. And But the one place I think they can use and the, where the value is also lining up right here for me with Chidobe Awuze coming off at ACL um, – you drafted Cam Taylor Britt in the second round last year. I think he's going to be a good starter on one side. You're going to need to replace a Wouzier probably next season. And here's an outlier that we talked about earlier with Bryce Young. We talked about it with Kalijah Cansey. I'm going to pick Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback from Mississippi State. He's an athletic freak. There's not another corner in this draft class, Shane, that's got the ball skills he has. Nope. I mean, what he had three pick sixes last year, six in his career, um, but he weighed 166 pounds and he looks every bit of 166 pounds. But if you watch the tape, he plays like he don't like he doesn't play like he weighs 166 pounds. He ain't scared, as they say. He will come up and hit in the run game. And I think he fits other than a weight. I think he fits everything the Bengals and Lou Anaruma look for in a corner. And that's why I'm going to go with him here. So I think there's a chance he goes in the first round because of those ball skills. Do you think he's a realistic possibility for the Bengals? At I, I didn't two weeks ago, but I think he is now. And I think Cam Smith would get consideration here as well. But the other, I don't think Keely Ringo does. So if for some reason that Deontay Banks was still on the board, I think he would be in consideration here as well. 
I don't know that any of the defensive ends that are still on the board, like if Miles Murphy had this, this is like last year all over again where George Karlaftis went one spot ahead. I think Karlaftis is the pick if he doesn't go one spot ahead to the, of the Bengals last year. But I think this is another one of those deals where if Miles Murphy was on the board at 28, he may, maybe he's the pick. But with what we got here, I like Forbes. Like I said, I, I don't necessarily think this is a 2023 pick, but 2024 and beyond, I think he, he's a, a great fit in Cincinnati. Uh, it, it makes sense. You know, I love Emmanuel Forbes. He's my he's my corner five. This is where I have him, so I would love it. He's also my corner five. I do have Cam Smith ahead, but I think, you know, he's the ball skills. And I may end up moving Forbes ahead of Cam Smith, and that's hard for me to do. <laughs> I know, I know, I know it is. Look, but uh, I, you're on the board now with the New Orleans Saints who got back in the first round after trading their coach, Sean Payton, to the Denver Broncos. So the Saints are not a good team. So you can go a great many ways here, and they're probably going to play. <laughs> Look, Derek Carr is going to take us to the promised land here. Is the GM I said what I said. About it, so don't uh, get on it. I, I think with Mayer and Kincaid gone, uh, tight ends off my board. You know, they really need defensive line. I do think it's a position I can get later in this draft. I don't see a defensive lineman. I think Brian Bracey, Mozzie Smith are in play. Um, but I think it's just better edge rushers on the board. Cam Jordan's getting up there in age. Peyton Turner maybe hasn't exactly worked That's, out. That, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts the brand a little bit. Uh, uh, I know. Carl, Carl Granderson, you know, they have theirs okay. But I, I'm going to take a player I think is criminally underrated. I think should be a first-round pick. Should be a slam-dunk first-round pick. And looks like. He won't be, uh, and that's Isaiah Foskey, the edge rusher out of Notre Dame. I, I don't know how you have multiple double-digit sack seasons for a big-time school like Notre Dame, playing against big-time competition, always you know, one of the hardest schedules in, in college football. And I mean, he gets it done consistently, game in, game out. Someone's going to steal him in day two, but if I was GM, I'd take him day one. Yeah, I mean, he struggled a little bit. For me at the senior bowl, but it's like I, I get it. But like you said, the production is unmatched at a at a big program like that with that kind of production. That's got to carry some weight. I think it, it, and he's athletic. Right. It's not like he's and not he, an athlete, you know. He, he, yeah, that too. I mean, he is a super athlete. So yeah. So we talked about Philadelphia back up here again, and they drafted uh the corner Witherspoon and Here's another where we kind of like we don't really have a hole here, but we could be moving on, you know, in the next year or two from, you know, say Brandon Graham, you know, as a pass rusher. Um, so I, I, it's the bend, the athleticism, the speed, the production as well. And we talked about him a little bit earlier. I'm going to go with Will McDonald the edge rusher from Iowa state here to Philadelphia as sort of to kind of be that uh, spitball pass rusher towards the end of the games early before he settles in, maybe as a full-time role uh, in 2024 and beyond. I think it could happen. I think this late first edge is rushing it, group is, going to be interesting. Who are some other edge rushers that maybe you would have slid in here in place of Will McDonald? 
so above him, I have Lucas Van Ness and Keon White. They're both very different pass rushers from Will McDonald, though. Will McDonald, uh, you know, like we mentioned before, 239. Those guys are 272, 285, bigger edge rushers. So I think it's a different flavor. And that's, I think, what we're going to see in this late first round. I mean, I think they're legitimately could be up to, I think there's nine players, nine edge rushers that if you told me went in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised. Online won't go, but. You know, that, that once you get the 31, 30, like you take you take who you want. Yeah. And like you said, Philadelphia is playing with house money at this point with, with some of these draft picks. So yeah. uh finish up the first round here, Shane. Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, pick 31. Well, I'll take a player that you know both we've talked about, both of us are not super high on. Um, but it's going to go much higher than 31. I'm going to take Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher out of Iowa here. Uh, I, I think he's a better player to me than Brian Breesy is uh, as an interior lineman. They drafted George Karloff this last year uh, and signed you know, Charles Omanayu. I think they can continue to have – they don't have a third pass rusher. They can continue to rotate him in and you know down the line. I think Van Ness can even play some stand-up linebacker, be used in different positions. I think it could be a good fit um, at 31. Pair with Carl Loftus from last year. Um, yeah, so we're going to replace Frank Clark, right? He's 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 They've moved on from there. So it could be a good spot for Van Ness. I, I'm not overly a fan of his. I, I, there's a few edge rushers I would have taken there. Ahead, uh, just because I've got the graphic up here, I forgot to change it uh, 25 to 32 because we've been going through 30. I'll pick for your Pittsburgh Steelers here at 32, All right. and we're gonna give them a corner, we're gonna give them Cam Smith corner. Yeah, there we go. I'd, I'd love it, I'd love that. I, I didn't figure you would you would be opposed to uh, Cam Smith going there 32nd. Oh, Cam Smith's my corner six. I, actually, I think. Our draft had my six corners in order uh, going. So I'll quickly run through some players that did not get selected here that probably could, like Will Levis, quarterback Kentucky. I think he's definitely going to win the first round. Right. We did not have him here. Uh, Hendon Hooker, the quarterback of Tennessee, could end up in round one. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Alabama, could have ended up here in the bottom half of the first round. I think Philadelphia – might have been a spot there for him. I'm not also not ruling him out Cincinnati at 28, by the way. Interesting. Um, interesting. Um, wide receivers that didn't go in the first round. Uh, Zay Flowers, Boston College, was uh, the next wide receiver up tight end. I think we got all three of the tight ends. I don't think Sam Laporta or, Tuck or Luke Musgrave ends up in round one. No. Uh, Anton Harrison. Uh, off the tackle, Oklahoma did not go. Neither did Dewan Jones from Ohio State. Um, Osiris Torrance, interior off the time of Florida, did not go. In our um, out of Tommy Wah, out of Barrier, uh, Keon White, a couple of edge rushers did not go. Brian Brzee, probably the best defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman, did not go. No linebackers went in the first round. Uh, realistically, do you think any off ball linebackers go in the first round? 
I mean, I think Drew Sanders from Arkansas could, but I, I don't foresee it happening. Heard a lot of talk Jack Campbell to Buffalo at 27. Yeah, that could happen. I mean, that's a big need for them, and I think they're a team that wouldn't balk at taking an off-ball linebacker. I do like me some Jack Campbell. So. We had six corners go. I think that number feels right. I think Keely Ringo is the next one up, and I think him going into the early part of the day, too, it's probably right, and I don't foresee another safety go until maybe late round two. I think that's when Antonio Johnson comes off the board at that point. Yeah, I think the only other player you didn't mention that I'll toss out there is Mozzie Smith, the defensive lineman from Michigan. Um, the Steelers like him a lot. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a surprise first-round pick. Yeah, I'm a little lower on Mozzie Smith, I think, than the consensus is. So, all right, I'll quickly run through and we'll finish it up here. Uh, one to Carolina, C.J. Stroud. Uh, let, me, let me stop. This was if me and Shane were the GMs. If you're just catching this correct, part of correct. it now, this is what would me and Shane would do if we were running these draft war rooms. Uh, C.J. Stroud, one to Carolina. Bryce Young, two to Houston. Arizona, three. Will Anderson, four. Indianapolis, Paris Johnson, offensive tackle, Ohio State. Five, Seattle, Jalen Carter, defensive line, Georgia. Six, Detroit, Christian Gonzalez, corner, Oregon. Seven, Las Vegas, Joey Porter, Jr., corner, Penn State. Eight, Atlanta, Nolan Smith, edge rusher, Georgia. Nine, Chicago, Peter Skaronsky, offensive lineman, Northwestern. Ten, Philadelphia, Devin Witherspoon, corner, Illinois. Eleven, Tennessee, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, wide receiver, Ohio State. Twelve, Houston, Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, Texas Tech. 13, New York Jets, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, Georgia. 14, New England, Quentin Johnston, wide receiver, TCU. 15, Green Bay, Michael Mayer, tight end, Notre Dame. 16, Washington, Brian Branch, safety, Alabama. 17, Pittsburgh, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, Tennessee. 18, Detroit, Bijan Robinson, running back, Texas. 19, Tampa Bay, Deontay Banks, corner, Maryland. 20, Seattle, John Michael Schmitz, interior offensive line, Minnesota. 21, Chargers. Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. 22, Baltimore, Kalijah Kansi, defensive line, Pitt. 23, Minnesota, Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. 24, Jacksonville, Darnell Washington, tight end, Georgia. 25, New York Giants, Jordan Addison, wide receiver, Southern Cal. 26, Dallas, Steve Avila, interior offensive line, TCU. 27, Buffalo, Miles Murphy, edge rusher, Clemson. 28, Cincinnati, Emmanuel Forbes, corner, Mississippi State. 29, New Orleans, Isaiah Foskey, edge rusher, Notre Dame. 30, Philadelphia, Will McDonald, edge rusher, Iowa State. 31, Kansas City, Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher, Iowa. And 32, Pittsburgh in the top of the second round, Cam Smith, corner, South Carolina. There you have it's it. Good, good draft. Good draft. If we were the GMs, that's that's probably how it should go, honestly. I, I think so. I, I think it's definitely, <laughs> definitely how it uh, should go. So that's going to do it for this long episode. Uh, final thoughts, Shane. And uh, we got a quick comment, and we haven't talked about it. Uh, congrats, Shane. Oh, thank, thank girl, you. Hashtag girl dad, just like me, just like Dwayne there. Wow. Congrats, buddy. No, thanks. Yeah, we do do early September here. So, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, right? Right in time for football season. Bring her home to watch some college football. There you go. I mean, because you're going to be up late, so uh, a lot for watching film. That's what that that'll be for. So that's uh, get used to that sleep cycle uh, not going your way, buddy. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) 
But, uh, yeah, this was fun. A lot of fun tonight on the what we would do mock draft. And, uh, well, he said two weeks away. You got another – Brad had a seven-rounder come out on Monday. Everybody go check that out. And uh, as if you didn't hear the top of the program, the mock draft contest with us and Toilets the titles, there's a link to it on the front page of draftcountdown.com. Go sign up for that. Uh, win some money. Um, and then you, you've got a seven-rounder coming up Monday. That'll be your second-to-last one before the final. That'll be released on draft day. And as I also mentioned – my first ever seven-round mock draft will be released uh, on draft uh, draft day as well uh, as yours. So double seven-round mock drafts Woo. coming up on uh, the on draft day. That's that's going to be interesting for the uh, viewers there. Uh, it'll be great. Uh, my pro- my scouting reports are still coming out. Um, yeah, I- I'm ready. I'm excited. For our live draft coverage as well. We'll be live streaming all three days, so I'm excited. Yeah, uh, we're going to do the first night a little bit different. Uh, Shane, uh, I'll be in in and out a little bit, but we're going to have a roving parade of guests that are going to come in Excuse me, and join you. Uh, Scott Wright's going to come in as well, former uh, showrunner here at Draft Countdown. Uh, our good buddy Pigskin Paul is going to pop in. Uh, Nino. Brown from uh, Toilets to Titles and CFB Nation is going to pop in, as well as our uh, contributors, side contributors, Brad Menendez and Miranda Wilhelm, both going to pop in. Night, night one is going to be a fun night. Uh, like I said, cavalcade of stars coming in here on the uh, live stream. And then nights, uh, days two and three, it'll be me and you going the distance uh, from pick 32 to pick 259. So that's going to that's gonna be good to go. So. That's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Draft Countdown Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And go to draftcountdown.com for all of your daily draft needs. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody. <laughs>